Hey, what's up? What's up? Good morning. Welcome to Bible Study Live with Matt. I'm Matt, and uh, today is a good day because today we're talking about something pretty darn important, the future of the world. Why do I say that? Because we're talking about how we raise our kids. Uh, and we're going to look at a very small, but very important little piece of scripture from the book of Matthew today where Jesus is having a conversation with his disciples about a couple of things. One, about our influence on children. Uh, our responsibility with how we influence children, but also the consequence of ignoring that responsibility, more so the consequence of uh, leading children astray. But the other thing we're going to dig into this morning is our perception of ourselves and what we think is important. So uh, yeah, let's uh, let's get down and, and dig in into some scripture. So today we're going to take a look at uh, Matthew chapter 18. We're going to look at verses 1 through 9. So uh, let's get to getting. Uh, by the way, if you're not already connected, you can connect with me on Instagram, Twitch, and TikTok uh, by following me at, at value driven coach. All right. So we'll read through this, then we'll go back and we'll break it down section by section. So this is Matthew chapter 18, uh, verses 1 through nine, and uh, I'm going to read from the New English translation today. It says, at that time, the disciples came to Jesus saying, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a child, had him sit down among them and said, I tell you the truth, unless you turn around and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever then humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes a child like this in my name welcomes me. But if anyone causes one of these children who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a huge millstone hung around his neck and to be drowned in the open sea. Woe to the world because of stumbling blocks. It is necessary that stumbling blocks come, but woe to the person through whom they come. I'm going to highlight that one. If your hand causes uh, if your hand or foot causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. Better for you to enter life crippled or lame than to have two hands or two feet and be thrown into eternal fire. And if your eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. Better for you to enter into life with one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into fiery hell. Holy golden calf, Moses, that is a lot to digest, is it not? It is. But we're going to break it down uh, piece by piece here and just kind of walk through you know, what Jesus is talking about and what all this stuff means. And also, actually, I actually want to read from one more, from a paraphrase, one more translation called The Message. And I want you to hear the difference of what this says. It says, as about, at about the same time, the disciples came to Jesus asking, who gets the highest rank in, in God's kingdom? For an answer, Jesus called over a child whom he stood in the middle of the room, whom he stood in the middle of the room and said, I'm telling you once and for all, unless you return to square one and start over like children, you're not even going to get a look at the kingdom, let alone get in. Whoever becomes simple and elemental again, like this child, will rank high in God's kingdom. What's more, when you receive the child on my account, it's the same as receiving me. But if you give them a hard time bullying or taking advantage of their simple trust, you'll soon wish you hadn't. You'd be better off dropped in the middle of a lake with a millstone around your neck, doomed to the world for giving these God-believing children a hard time. Hard times are inevitable, but you don't have to make it worse, and it's doomsday for you if you do. If, you hand, if your hand or foot gets in the way of God, chop it off and throw it away. You're better off maimed or lame and alive 
than the proud owners of two hands and two feet, godless in a furnace of eternal fire. And if your eye distracts you from God, pull it out and throw it away. You're better off one eye and alive than exercising 20-20 vision from the insides of the fire of hell. Pretty harsh words, right? Well, let's, let's just break it down for a minute and let's talk about what Jesus means or what it seems like Jesus is saying, right? I mean, obviously we weren't there with him, but there are some things that sound fairly obvious in here. Uh, so let's, let's just get started with it. First things first, at the beginning of Matthew chapter 18, verse one, the disciples come saying, hey, who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? What they're asking is like, look, basically, which one of us? Okay, so this is, these are the disciples Jesus is talking to. It's very important as we study our scriptures to look at text in context. And so one of the things that stands out to me as I read it this morning is, is to remind myself, as Jesus is talking about, and he starts talking about hell in a minute, he's not saying this to people who don't know him and don't believe in him. He's not saying this to people who don't know God and don't believe in God. All right? Oftentimes uh, in the Christian faith, you know, we have this focus that, um, you know, we have this belief, which uh, I honestly don't think there's a lot of biblical founding for. We think that uh, it's those who don't, you know, who've never met God, never met Jesus, that uh, they're doomed to hell. So we're on a mission to save them. Um, it, when Jesus talks about hell, he's always talking about it with those who claim to know God or claim to follow him. So that's important for understanding the text in context here. So these are the disciples Jesus is talking to, and they're asking him, the same people who have been walking with him, and he's been teaching about humility. He's been teaching about, you know, serving others. He's been teaching about, you know, the, the last will be first. Stop trying to put yourself in a pedestal. He's been teaching them about how the Pharisees have been uh, elevating themselves above the people and how that's not how it is with God. And these same disciples say to Jesus, hey, who's the greatest? Hey, which one of us is going to get the best seat next to you at the party in heaven? Which one of us is, is going to be uh, God's favorite, your favorite when we get there? when we get to the, the, the age to come, the life after this life. And Jesus, such beautiful fashion, calls a kid over. Picture this conversation taking place, right? So he's talking to the disciples, but the fact that he could call over a child means that there were people around listening as well. And I think that's an interesting dynamic too, because when, oftentimes we start thinking about stuff in a bubble. And sometimes we... We don't want to have conversations about God with our family and our close friends out in public because, you know, we don't want somebody to overhear it. Maybe they, they only hear part of it or they hear it wrong, right? We get worried about like, oh, what if they only catch part of the conversation? I love that Jesus, everything that he said, it's like if somebody were listening, it wouldn't matter. If someone who didn't believe was listening, it wouldn't matter. And I'll talk about that more in a minute. But So Jesus calls a child over. Right? So here he is talking to his disciples. Other people must have been standing around observing. And he says, hey, kid, come here real quick. And the kid, just picture the kid standing in front of him. And he's like, hey, I tell you the truth. All of you guys, unless you turn around from the thinking you've got right now and start being as innocent as this kid and how you think and how you embrace God and others, unless you do that, kingdom of God's not, it's not even a place. That, it's not for you. You're never going to understand 
the value of that. You're never going to understand what it's like to be in God's kingdom if you don't get your mind back to this. That, and, and how is a child? Like when Jesus says, unless you become like this child, what does that mean? Ask yourself this, how do kids think? See, as a parent, when you teach your children stuff when they're little, they're so inquisitive, so curious. They want to know. And it's beautiful because they want to know for the sake of knowing. It's not like, I want to know this so I can be right. Right? That's as adults, we typically were like, I want to figure this out so I can prove that I'm right. But kids, man, when they ask questions, it's like, why is one of the biggest questions. I remember when my kids were little, my daughter Jillian was like the queen of why. It'd be like, uh, where are we going? Going to the beach. Why? Uh, because it's a sunny day and we're going to go swimming. Yeah, but why are we going there? Uh, because it's a good place to swim. Yeah, but why aren't we going to Danny and Papa's Lake? Like Jill would just, why, 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 why? And um, I think there's something beautiful about the innocence of children going, I just want to understand. See, oftentimes we read the Bible because we have a preconceived notion. And it's like, I either want to prove that I'm right, or I want to prove this thing, or I want to. But with children, they come into it going, I just want to know. They're not going, I, f I think I know what's right or wrong, but uh, I I'm just trying to validate my hypotheses. Kids are like, this, there's, what? there's this amazing stuff that I don't know, and I want to learn it. And so Jesus in Matthew chapter 9 is saying, look, unless you get a mind like this kid, you're not going to get the kingdom of heaven. You're not going to, look, because you're never going to, you're not going to ask the right questions. It's funny, as my, my wife and I, and I'll show this with you, we've been doing this um, devotional through the Bible recap. It's really cool if you get the Bible app, uh, look this up, the Bible recap. We're going through the New Testament. But at the beginning of each day, it has these five prayers. And I'm going to share them with you because I think they're so, so good at helping us try and get the right mindset when we start a devotional. And here, Tara Lee Cobble does this. It's the Bible recap. Really great. Um, but here's what the prayers are. It says, God, give me wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. God, let any knowledge I gain serve to help me love you and others more, not puff me up. God, help me see something new about you I've never seen before. God, correct any lies I believe about you or anything I misunderstand. And God, direct my steps according to your word. That's a beautiful thing. God, correct any lies I believe about you or anything I misunderstand. God, help me see something new about you. God, help, help any knowledge I gain served help me love you and others more, not puff me up. I just love that because that those prayers are basically like leading us to be like a kid. And so in Matthew chapter 18, as Jesus is talking to his disciples and as other people are around listening, because obviously he called a child over, Jesus says, very, very clearly here. Uh, I tell you the truth, unless you turn around and become like little children, you'll never enter the kingdom of heaven. In the message, I think Eugene Peterson captures the beauty uh, in his paraphrase, the message, the beauty of that right here when he says this. Um, I'm telling you once and for all, unless you return to square one and start over like children, you're never going to get a look at the kingdom of heaven, let alone get in. Whoever becomes simple and elemental again, like this child, will rank high in God's kingdom. What's more, when you receive the childlike on my account, it's the same as receiving me. So think about that for a minute. And, and I want to just challenge you, and then we'll dig into the rest of the verses. But 
when you when you think about Jesus, God, the scriptures, what is your mindset when you go into it? Is it, well, I've already got my faith. I've already got my beliefs. Like I've already read the Bible a bunch of times. So I already know what it means. I already know what it's about. Uh, if you're, if you're, denomination, religion, your church, your, your whatever faith community, Christian community you're part of. If, if you've been told you got to be on mission, your mission is to get people saved. When you read your Bible, are you opening the Bible going, my mission is to get people saved? Or is your mission when you open the Bible to go, God, reveal yourself to me. Fix any misunderstandings I have. Show me things about you that I don't know. Help me have the mind of a child. Help me be curious. See, the curious, when you're curious, you're searching. When you're searching, you find things. Let me say that again. When you're curious, you're searching. When you search, you find things. Think about like Elon Musk, for example. One of the most curious cats you'll ever see, right? This dude was so curious that he built electric vehicles that nobody can touch yet. He built freaking rockets. Like NASA failed, for, hasn't done anything for years. Elon Musk comes in with SpaceX and his curiosity led him to figure out different things, right? It's pretty amazing. On a larger level, a child's curiosity is endless. They stop being curious when adults condition them to stop being curious. But speaking of the impact that adults have on children, Jesus gets deep in the business here with people. And let me read to you the next thing he says. And this is in the paraphrase of the message, verses six through seven, talking about children. But if you give them a hard time bullying or taking advantage of their simple trust, you'll soon wish you hadn't. You'd be better off dropped in the middle of a lake with a millstone around their neck, doomed to the world for giving this God, these God-believing children a hard time. Hard times are inevitable, but you don't have to make it worse. And it's doomsday for you if you do. Uh, other translations say you'd be better off with a millstone hung around your neck tossed into the sea. So let's break down a couple ways that we could look at that scripture, okay? And I say that we could look at, because here's the reality. There are a bunch of different translations and wordings, but what seems to be pretty clear through all of them is this. When you do damage to children and their faith in God, God will hold you accountable. Let me say that again. When you do damage, to your children and their faith relationship with God, when you hurt a child, when you cause them injury. Now, we say, how, how could someone do that? Well, I mean, if you think about the things that could cause a child to struggle in their faith, we're going to start a little, a little bit lighter, and then we're going to get a little nasty, a little rough, because it's important. On the surface, the first thing is this. Sometimes we think we're doing our children a favor by going, well, I'm not going to make them go to church when they're young. I'm going to let them get older and figure it out for themselves. Well, if we aren't introducing our children to God, we're not letting them decide for themselves. If we're not taking our children and giving them just as much opportunity to learn about God as we are to learn about the world around them, then we're actually keeping them from God. We're damaging the opportunity for them to have their relationship with God. And I think, I, I understand as a parent, I understand the human thought process at first to go, look, I'm not going to force religion down my child's neck. Good, you shouldn't. Religion sucks. But that's not what Jesus taught. He didn't teach religion. To say, I'm not going to take my child to church. I'm not going to get them involved in, like, uh, you know, vacation Bible school. I'm not going to get them involved in learning about who God is because I don't want to force it on them. 
Well, what you're doing is literally forcing everything but God on them. When they watch TV, they're being taught things. When they're on social media, they're being taught things. When they go hang out with their friends, their friends teach them things, as do their friends' parents. So if we're not giving our children as much interaction with God and Jesus as they're getting in the rest of the world, we're actually not giving them the opportunity to choose for themselves. We're allowing the world to choose for them. Jesus says, anyone who causes a child to stumble, to fall away, to sin, it would be better for them if they have a big old rock around their neck and get thrown in a lake. That's how ticked off God is going to be when we get to get that, you know, that, I don't know, that face-to-face conversation with them. So here's the deal. This seems to, though, maybe contradict the idea, though, if somebody doesn't know God, God wouldn't hold them accountable. Well, here's the deal. If someone doesn't know God, they don't know what to lead their children in, right? So, I mean, one can't say to a certain day, like, well, what if somebody isn't a, you know, they don't believe in God, they don't know God, they've never been introduced to God and Jesus, so they don't introduce their children. I don't know. Maybe, maybe for them, like there's this, you know, the beauty of God's abundant grace. But those of us who do know God, if you say, I know God, but I don't take my kids to church because I'm not going to make them know God, you're not making them do anything. You could take them to church. How many people have been, how many of us were taken to church? My grandma every now and then would drag me to church. And guess what I didn't do? Didn't believe in God until a little over 20 years ago. I just didn't. I didn't. I got drugged to church as a kid a couple times. Didn't like it. Didn't like it. Didn't like it. Just didn't. And I didn't come into making the decision. And yes, I say it's a decision. You know, uh, I don't believe that we're predestined pre-whatever like that. I don't believe like, oh, there's only an elect few that get picked to to know God. That seems silly to me because that would completely go against Jesus saying, hey, make learners of me. And I think part of the biggest turnoff for religion and the reason parents don't want to take their kids to church a lot, the reason people don't want to invite their friends is because the church they go to is shoving a false narrative down their throat sometimes. Hey, you got to go save people. Well, I thought Jesus saved people. If Jesus saved people on the cross 2,000 years ago, I don't need to save anyone. My role is to try and encourage people to read about Jesus. Because just like right now, how we get it wrong, man, Jesus came and said, hey, you've heard it said this, you've heard it said that. What Jesus said in plain English was, look, the religious leaders you got have been teaching you wrong. They've been teaching you all this stuff about, you know, uh, you get, for, you know, fortune and, and all this other stuff. You know, you do the right things and then you win favor with God and that's how you get into heaven. And Jesus was like, no, you don't. No, you don't. It's not about that. He's like, look, you know, they, they put these little like rules in with loopholes like uh, if you commit adultery, that's a sin. And Jesus was like, I'm telling you, man, be less worried about the stuff. And be more worried about what's here because what's here leads to you doing this stuff. And as it relates to parenting children, here's the deal. If you want your children to make a decision on their own later in life, which I believe is a fair and realistic way to raise our kids, if you want them to have a choice, then give them the opportunity to also learn about God. And now here's the deal. I, you know, you get comments like Captain Rabbit here on YouTube. Like, where do I find Jesus? Some say he's magic and he can hear my thoughts. How scary. Look, this goes back to what we were talking about earlier. Jesus said, have a childlike faith. Well, child, children are inquisitive. Now, 
being actually curious and inquisitive means, hey, I want to be open. I want to read. I want to learn. I want to get an idea and then make a decision. Uh, you can be silly and condescending, whatever. I mean, let's, all of us have a choice. Uh, and there was a time when I kind of felt the same way. But the reality is um, all of us, you know, all of us choose eventually. And what Jesus said in Matthew 18, which I think is just so awesome, is he said, hey, and he was speaking again to people that said they know God, that said they followed him. He's like, look, if you, uh, if you think you got it all figured out, you're going to soon realize you don't. You know, you guys that are thinking, like, if I do the right things, if I do the right things, say the right things, sing the right hymns, you know, do the right sign of the cross, do all these things, that's what's going to get me in God's favor. Jesus is saying, no. If you approach God with the understanding that you don't know and just seek him, have a childlike faith, then you'll get to know God. Our responsibility as not just parents, but as adults when interacting with children, Jesus is saying, don't steer them away from God. If you steer them away from God, if you lead them towards sin, because if you're leading them away from God, you're leading them towards sin. He says, whoa, it's doomsday for you. So why do I share this with you? Because here's the deal. I know as a parent, uh, I had attended a couple churches with my kiddos. We were part of a church plant that um, was so beautiful and had some great things. Had some challenges because we're all human beings, but it was, it was wonderful. And they, they grew and they had some friends that they had built relationships with and it was, it was awesome. And we participated in some churches that weren't, where there just wasn't a connection. There wasn't anything there. Um, funny part is, one church that we were at for a very short period of time, but a good period, um, every now and then my oldest son and his wife and their kids, that, that's the, of any church, that's the one that they call home. And it's funny because I didn't connect well as an adult, but apparently on some level, my son did. And I think that's a beautiful thing. Now, here's the thing I want to challenge all of my friends with. If you say, I believe in God, and you say, I believe in Jesus. I want to remind you, you have a responsibility to help your children know the truth about who God is and his love. You have that responsibility. We all do. If you're sitting back thinking you're being so good as a parent by going, uh, I'm not going to make them learn this stuff. I'm not going to take them to church. A, it's not about making them. No, you don't shove it down the throat. But if you're not going to give them the opportunity to learn about God, if you're not going to give them that opportunity, you are leading them towards sin. Not my word. Get mad if you want. Get butthurt if you want. Not my words. Jesus. Any of you who would lead a child to fall away, to lead a child to sin, to basically lead a kid away from God, you'd be better off tying a big old stone around your neck and jumping in a lake. Uh, you'd be better off doing that. That's harsh. Like this is Jesus, the abundance of grace and love. But he's saying, when you start a child, why would he say that? Right? Why would he say that? Like, why doesn't he say, if any one of you leads an adult away? Because here's the thing. Children are the most impressionable. They're the most curious, the most inquisitive. And what we embrace as a child, we tend to, as far as our beliefs, we tend to hang on to longer. Think about people who get, this is where it's going to get a little rough, okay? But we've got we to gotta dig in on this. <sighs> people who hurt children, who abuse them physically, sexually, mentally, spiritually. When people abuse a child, 
what happens? There's a saying, hurt people hurt people. Someone abuses a child, it often creates a cycle of abuse, right? Because why? Because what a child learns is acceptable when they're young tends to be carried on into the rest of their lives, right? So people talk about breaking generational chains, generational hurts, and those are so hard for people to break. That's why oftentimes, how many times have you said, well, I don't want to be like my mom. I don't want to be like my dad. And then you repeat their past behaviors. Why? Because you learned them when you were young. And when you were lost and you didn't know where to go, you defaulted to what you learned which oftentimes isn't healthy. So as Jesus talks about this, he says, this whole dialogue starts with people, you know, his own disciples going, hey, who's going to be the greatest when they get to heaven? And Jesus goes, oh, guys, you're focused on the wrong stuff. Just like on earth, we focus on the wrong stuff. I want to be the greatest. I want to be known for this. I want to leave a legacy for that. Leave a legacy where? Where? In the place you left, earth? or leave a legacy in eternity with helping your children and helping people around you know the God who loves them and, and gives them abundant grace and mercy. We're human beings. Oof. Sorry for some reason it popped out of the stream there. We think so much about the legacy we're going to leave here on earth, but we often ignore what we really have the opportunity to do, which is this. Pour God's love into our kids and other people. Look, what's our responsibility with children? Introduce them to God. You want to let your children choose for themselves? You want to not force church down their throat? You want to let them make a choice for themselves whether or not they're going to believe in God? Then expose them to everything about God so they can learn about Him. It's like you, you, you don't say... You make your kid go to school, right? You don't go, well, I'm going to give them a choice if they want to learn about science, history, and math. Well... If they're not going to be a librarian or a historian, why do you make them take a history class? If they're not going to be a biologist, a chemical engineer, uh, a biochemist, a doctor uh, involved in physics, why do they have to take a science class? If they're not going to be an author, why do you make them take an English class? See, school, albeit broken in a bazillion ways <laughs> in America and the rest of the world, the school system understands this. Look. Let's give you things to learn so you can figure out where you want to go in life. Now, I don't think it's a perfect system, but I get the, the genuine thought behind it. With God, the creator of life, if you call yourself someone who follows God, if you call yourself a Christ follower, a Christian follower of the way, Jesus way, right? If you call yourself a follower of God, but you're not making sure your children know God, then you're leading them away from him. And Jesus says, that's something that we'll be held accountable for. Now, I know there was a big period in my life where I didn't lead my children toward God. I didn't. And now I try. And they're all adults, and they're going to choose whether or not they embrace God. But I'm going to do my best. I'm going to try my hardest to live my life in a way that says this is what Jesus taught and do things in a way so that when I have conversations with my children and my friends and they go, dude, what's up with that? I can go, I don't have it all figured out, but I'm just trying to follow the way Jesus did it. Let me encourage you, my friends, no matter where you're at. Maybe you're going, man, I didn't ever 
like I didn't ever make it a priority with my kids. And now I know God's going to be so pissed. I didn't take my kids to church. I didn't make them go to church. Oh, great. I might as well just go tie a rock around my neck and jump in a lake. I don't think that's the point of the scripture. A, Jesus was having a conversation with the people right in front of him who were so focused on themselves. They thought they had it figured out. Jesus was saying, no, 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 you got to get curious again. You got to shake off everything that you think you know and start saying, God, show me you, right? Step one. And then he's like, and by the way, speaking to kids, you've got a responsibility in this world. If you watch the dialogue, there's a natural transition. He's saying, look, number one, get your mind right. Start being curious about who God is. Stop thinking you got him figured out, get to know him. And the second thing, speaking to kids, you got a responsibility to help these kids stay curious about who God is. You've got a responsibility to help these kids stay curious about who God is and help them know him. Why? Why would Jesus say that? Because if we can do that, if we can help children get to understand the love of God and the importance of loving God and loving others, then the world we live in now becomes a more beautiful place. We get to bring a little bit of heaven to earth. So parents, let me encourage you. Maybe you haven't taken your kids to church. Maybe they're all grown up now. If you follow God, stop trying to just shove God down their throat, but maybe start loving your kids in the way that you should. I know for me, last year, it meant a phone call to my kids to apologize for being selfish and just not giving them the attention and love that they deserve. I was so focused on me, kind of like Jesus' disciples were. I wasn't focused on them and their well-being because I was of the mindset, I'll build my empire, I'll take care of them financially. they got to make decisions about their faith and everything else. In hindsight, it was pretty stupid. If you're in that same boat, let me encourage you. Pray. Is there something you got to say to your kids? Hey, I love you. I'm sorry. I dropped the ball on this. Pick up the phone, call them, and tell them. It's, it's, it's important. If you got kids and grandkids, uh, love on them like Jesus did. Show them love. Show them grace. Show them mercy. Show them kindness. When they have a rough day, look at, look at it as an opportunity to talk to them about God. And, you know, that even in the rough times, God's with you. Even in the rough times, God loves you. And even in the times that you don't feel like God's around, God's right there making sure you don't go through it alone. And even when your mom or your dad or your friends aren't, aren't there like you want them to be, God's there. Right? Use it as an opportunity to help them get to know God more. Help them be curious about who God is. And the only way you can help them do that is if you stay curious too. That's what I seem to be seeing in what... Uh, Jesus is talking about with his disciples in Matthew this morning. Listen, can I challenge you going forward? I shared it at the beginning of this, and I'm just going to share it with you again. But there is an awesome podcast called The Bible Recap. Our friend KR at church uh, pointed us to it, and it's pretty darn good. And uh, like I said, at the beginning of each day's devotional, five things she puts in her prayer. I'm going to end it with this, and I'm going to encourage you to write this down start your day, your devotional, and your Bible study with these five things. Number one, God, give me wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Number two, God, let any knowledge I gain serve to help me love you and others more and not puff me up. Number three, God, help me see something new about you I've never seen before. Number four, God, correct any lies I believe about you or anything I misunderstand. 
And number five, God, direct my steps according to your word. Pray those five things as you dig into your Bible study. And let me encourage you, stay curious. God is so amazing. There are so many things that we're not going to understand. But there are so many beautiful things that he does reveal to us that we get the privilege of understanding. And I want to challenge you to stay curious and ask him to reveal those to you. Thanks for watching, you guys. I appreciate it. And uh, thanks, Captain Rabbit, for your spammy comments. <laughs> They're humorous, as always. Uh, there you go. I'll pop it on the screen so everybody else can get a giggle. Uh, stay more curious than that, will you? Thanks for tuning in, gang. Uh, today is Friday, so last Bible study live for the week. I will see you guys Monday morning, again, between 7.30 and 8.30. I kick it off. So uh, Central Standard Time, Central Daylight Time, whatever Tennessee time that we're in, Sparta, Tennessee. So I uh, hope you'll tune in next week. Thanks for watching. And uh, if you're not already following, head over to Instagram, Twitch, or TikTok, and uh, follow me there at Value Driven Coach. Um, remember, no matter where you're at in your life, your journey, your faith, you are just one moment away from taking a step closer with Jesus. See you next time.